Welcome, everybody, to another beautiful episode of IG2G. This is episode 63, if I'm not mistaken. Sometimes I am. 64, sucker. It was 63, sucker. I swear. I don't no, know. No, it's 64. You put it, you made, you made the folder. This it. is IG2G64 <laughs> and put stuff you in it already. People, what you is wrong see how you? insane I am? It does, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know what I'm doing. Oh, my God. Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Hey, oh, everybody. This is episode 64 of IG2G. I am, of course, one of your crazy, <laughs> insane hosts, Mr. Eric, the man who can't remember an episode at all because I have problems. What do you want from me? And with me is the one who's laughing, the inglorious bastard himself, Mr. Matt. Yeah, today we've got a wonderful little show for you. It's going to be a shorty because Mr. Matt is sick, so you'll just have to make do. But we do have some wonderful games and the releases and a fun little topic about the upcoming new generation of consoles. So if that Mm. interests you whatsoever, please stay tuned because here we go. Number three. My first game I'm bringing everybody tonight is a Switch PC title currently, all right? It came out October 10th. It's Valferis. If you're looking for an action platformer, think Abadox, think Contra, old school 2D, sort of pixel art, all that good stuff. This is going to be right up your alley, all right? Here's the breakdown of the story. You're Therian. You're basically a space viking. Your homeworld, Valferis. Used to be a paradise land, disappeared off the, the space charts, reappears around a dying sun. You're like, what the heck? So you go investigate, come to find out it's like all dark and evil and corrupted and messed up. So you land and you got to figure out what's going on. You're equipped with a plasma sword, you can activate a shield, and you've got different types of guns, just like Abadox, Contra, etc., etc., in which you get to utilize to kill all sorts of crazy aliens while jumping from platform to platform. It's all, as I said, 2D, beautiful pixel art, and more than Contra, it really reminds me of Abadox minus the flying part, because in this game, you're talking like metal alien constructs. You're talking crazy exotic species of all sorts of bugs and aliens and mutants, and when you kill them, it's blobs of blood and just gore and viscera everywhere. Really gave me that Abadox feel that I used to get back in the day. And I know, I know, Contra has that kind of stuff too. But for whatever reason, the way it's drawn, the way it is, reminds me more of that. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, hey, maybe go check out Abadox too. What a great Nintendo game from way, way back in the day. All I know is you don't see too many Contra, old school Contra style games that are great anymore. And this is definitely one of them. And in case you don't know, it is developed by Steel Mantis and brought to you by Big Sugar and Merge. They do have PlayStation versions and Xbox One versions on the way, but they're coming a little bit later. It's PlayStation 4s going to be coming around November 5th and 6th, and then the Xbox One November 15th. So if you want it on those other consoles, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer, but if you got the Switch or PC, you can pick it up right now. And before we go, one final thing on this one. It is crazy metal, alright? Like I told you, Therian looks just like some kind of space viking all decked out. And the music is all heavy metal. All sorts of beautiful heavy riffs throughout the entire game. It sounds amazing. It looks really, really cool if you're into that old school uh, 2D pixel art stuff. If any of this sounds great to you, I'd recommend you go check it out. Number 2 
So the one release you guys get from me this week, because it's been a day of sickness and me not having fun, is The Witcher 3 Complete Edition, which drops today, same day as this episode, the 15th of October, for the Nintendo Switch for 50 bucks. And man, let me tell you, if you've never played The Witcher 3 before, or maybe you only have a Switch, you don't have anything else you can play it on, you need to get this game, you need to play Witcher 3. If you've never played Witcher 3, you got to play Witcher 3. It's one of my favorite RPGs ever, probably... Yes, definitely my very favorite open-world RPG of all time. It's just, the, the game's so good. Everybody else has already said it with reviews for the original version, but the world is so immersive and so expansive and so real and feels lived in. Just everything about The Witcher 3's story and the way it's presented, the way you interact with people, the decisions you can make, everything is so awesome. Like, there's very few games that even touch what this game does. As, and... Gosh, just the... Man, it's just... It's so good! I don't even know where to start with Witcher 3. And I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to do a big review of Witcher 3, but if you've never played it, you got to play it. If you've never been into the series, this is the perfect jumping-in point. Because all the things that... I mean, you'll miss some references here and there if you don't know the books, or maybe you don't know the other games. But there's, you know, there's the big, like... Basically like a codex system to give you history of the characters, let you know what they're up to. I mean, I feel like they do a good job of introducing people and telling you what Geralt's backstory is with them, or at least, you know, you being able to infer it via all the dialogue and the things they ask you to do and the way you react, the, the way Geralt reacts to them, the way they react to him. It's, if you're, if you're scared about, oh, I never played Witcher 1 or 2, definitely jump into Witcher 3. It's so fun and so expansive. You will make your own fun in this game. I will say the only things that I can comment on specifically for the Switch version are, I mean, it's it's been it's been downgraded just a little bit to be on the Switch. Graphics aren't quite as sharp. I think people are saying in docked mode it's like 720p instead of like your 1080 4Ks and blah, 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 all the numbers and all the things. But if you're playing it in handheld mode, you're not going to notice it as much because you got a nice little crisp little screen. And this is, oh, yeah, gee whiz, also the only way you can play Witcher 3 on the go. You can take Witcher 3 on the train with you. You can go off and climb a mountain and go across a verdant field and play a game where you're crossing mountains and, and crossing verdant fields and fighting griffins and fighting all these people. I don't know. It's great. Witcher 3 is amazing. Like I said, it's one of my favorite RPGs ever. There's so much content in here to also be on like a little Switch cartridge because I think it's all on the physical version. You don't have to download anything. It's got the two DLCs in it as well, Hearts of Stone and Blood and Wine, both of which are awesome, especially Blood and Wine because it gives you like a different, a different feel of the game you go to a different area you do different stuff there's different things to see so after your 90 to 120 hours of base which are three action you get even more with blood and wine but just 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 play i mean just play people everybody needs to play this game just for the story the story alone you can put it on easy mode you can put all the difficulties down it's just it's worth it to go through this giant ride with these characters because you really get to know them get to love them get to shape them you know, with with your responses in different ways and get to just identify with them and really feel like, you, and, and literally 
go on a journey with them. I was going to say, feel like you're going on a journey with them, but you literally are. For hundreds of hours, you're with this character. You're doing the things. You're interacting with people. You're making decisions. You're seeing the effects of those decisions. They're coming back to 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 maybe haunt you or to benefit you later in, you know, maybe it's just later in the small side quest storyline. Maybe it's a bigger thing overall. You're meeting other characters and they're referencing what happened with the other ones. So, Obviously, if you can play Witcher 3 on a PC, PS4, Xbox One, that's the optimal. Those are the optimal places to play it. But if you want to play Witcher 3 on the go, get the complete edition, play it on the Switch, and have a great time. Maybe the frame rate won't be locked at 60 frames per second. Maybe the resolution's a little lower. But it's still one of the best games of all time, and you can play it on the go now. If you have a Switch and you like playing on the go, you got to play this game on the go. It's the best. Witcher 3 is amazing. And that's that's it. That's all there is, Danny. That's all. I, it makes me happy. It makes me smile. I'm not feeling good, so I'm, I'm going to go. See you later. Number one. My last release for the week is none other than Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. This game released on Xbox One, PC, PlayStation 4, and the Nintendo Switch all on October 8th. Developed by Playtonic Games, yes, none other than the folks who used to be part of Rare, making the old school Donkey Kong Countries, Banjo-Kazooie, etc., etc. They, of course, split off into their own little team, and earlier, a while back anyway, they brought you Ukulele which was a 3D platformer in the vein of Banjo-Kazooie, a fun, solid title, but this time they took it back to the 2.5D, think Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, that sort of type of game, or the old school Donkey Countries for the Super Nintendo. It's really, really fun, really, really neat, very colorful, all sorts of fun, you know, coins, etc. to find. You're going to want to go back and forth. All the 2.5 levels have, like, alternate ways in which they're laid out so like some of them have like night and day cycles some freeze over etc so there's different ways to play the levels so there's a little variety there when you're looking to collect all the coins and stuff and then what's really neat is that the overworld is a big old you know 3d hub but it's not just like a walk from one point to point b like it used to be in like super mario bars 3 or in your typical donkey kong countries this one actually has you solving puzzles pushing blocks around some some platforming stuff going on there so you're having fun in the 3D world, getting to the next 2.5D levels. It's all very, very gorgeous, as you can imagine it would be. Very colorful. And another neat spin is that the last boss is actually playable from the word go. In fact, they'll throw you right in and you got to give it a go, and you'll see how impossible it is. You just can't do it when you first start. Well, someone will figure it out, but you, you know most people can't. So you're going to these levels to get these bees that give you an extra life in the last dungeon, and that allows you to kind of set your own pace for when you're going to go ahead and beat the game. You can keep going until you get them all, and then make it easy peasy. It's up to you. So I just thought that was pretty cool how they kind of give you your own your own end if you if I if you say if you want to end it you know after a few hours and you think you can do it, go on in. It's an extremely difficult dungeon, extremely long, no checkpoints, no nothing. You gotta go all the way through, hence why you gotta go collect these bees which give you the extra life. Very solid looking game. Looks like a lot of fun, especially if you got a family who like is into games, very PG. If you haven't seen it, go take a look. Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Imposter's topic of the day. So I thought we'd do like a generalist little topic tonight, and that topic is going to be about, obviously, what I told you earlier, the new console generation. We've got the PS5. They've recently announced via Twitter, of all things, or was it, oh, it was an article 
from Wire that got thrown onto Twitter or some yeah. such. It was all ridiculous. Some hardware weird. I don't know why it's being Specs, announced numbers, this way. Yeah. It, well, it's just weird. It's when you go to like GameSpot or IGN or Game Informer or you know a video game outlet instead of a tech outlet. I don't understand. We- well, I mean, it is tech. It is like, tech. It's literally, when, when you're literally just saying, hey, here's the processor type stuff that's going into it. Here's the tech we're using. I get it. But here's a bigger question. Uh, why wouldn't you bring that to E3 or something? Why don't you go to TGS or like, you don't announce your console and what we're doing with it to like a, an online magazine. Yeah, that's. You show it to gamers at a place where gamers are. It and used to goes, be a big event. Oh, ah! And there, yeah, the standing applause, everyone's screaming. You do the big yeah. lights, and then the, you know, some Terminator music in there, freaking mm-hmm. lightning going, fog. Because I'm sure we're going to mention it. That's what Xbox did. Mm-hmm. They said, "Hey, we're showing like chips and stuff. We have nothing to show, but we're going to talk about it." And gamers went, "Yeah, woo, woo!" But here it's, "Hey, look, somebody told you about it." And I mean, gamers did stand up and go woo in their house, I'm sure. Yeah, but people it's were different. excited. I mean, and maybe people weren't. And we'll talk a little bit about that because mm-hmm. to kind of just beat right into the bush before we go on all sorts of tangents, they went ahead and came out with, "Hey, the PS5 is real, as you all know. Don't uh, it's coming out holiday season 2020, and mm-hmm. we want to talk to you today about the controller." And so they went ahead and specced out some of what the controller is going to be capable of. They've had previous talks in the past, too, about the direction this console is going for the PlayStation 5. And, of course, I might as well tie it in, the Xbox Scarlet. That's not its actual name yet. That's just what its code name yeah. is. And how that they're not going to be going for graphics this time. I think this mm-hmm. is like the first push we've seen in a console war where graphics are no longer what's being talked about, what's being mentioned. I'm sure they'll be better. Everyone's going after the side specs, like solid-state drives, making sure load times are cut way down, uh, lag, input, all that other garbage. You're going to get more saving space, more side, just all tertiary stuff and nothing about like just pushing forward, which I thought was really interesting just in how it's not going to be doing what it's always done. And they're like, all right, we've kind of peaked out here. We want to get like ray tracing. They want to get that into the systems, so the lighting mm-hmm. effects and the things will be all beautiful and gorgeous, and the rain's going to be amazing, and this and that, and da 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 da. So basically, with all that being said, and the fact that they're not going to be doing the big push, this kind of seems like a sidestep more in, in the sense of a console war instead of like a big push, like basically like from mm-hmm. the PS4 Pro to the you know back to the PS4 original. I feel like we're getting yeah. another one of those instead of an actual, like, here's a new console, look at all the crazy crap it's going to do. And I think probably the reason for that is because we've had the interim consoles. Like, if you think about it, if you have the Xbox One X and PS4 Pro, and games are already getting optimized for that, which already output, like, the best possible resolutions, at, you know, at the time, mm-hmm. it's still only been, like, what, two, three years after that? You can't... You can't have another, I mean, I guess you can. I'm not a big tech guy. I don't know. I would think you can't have another, like, outrageous jump up from, you already, like, did a small Mario jump. Now you're going for, like, the, you know, the third Mario jump. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't just do that. You got to slowly step up with the three Mario jumps, you know? Well, yes and no, because here's the here's the problem I'm, I'm having personally. You know, mm-hmm. I bought the original PS4 Pro. 
I saw the PS4. I mean, not God. I keep saying Pro. No, I no. bought the original PS4. Then the PS4 yeah. Pro came along saying, hey, we're going to support, you know, 4K, da-da-da, this and that. And it was some weird mm-hmm. kind of support it. The next the Xbox fully supported it. And they were like, hey, mm-hmm. here's the next future. You know, this is all future. This is the best. This is all graphics are better. It's faster, da-da-da-da. And I went, okay, mm-hmm. well, it's sort of better. It's pretty neat. But I'm not on board. I don't really have. A, I don't have 4K TVs, nor do I have 4K monitors or none of the HDR stuff. So it doesn't yeah. really apply to me. And of course, they did make games process a little bit faster as well. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on board. Well, now with this next jump that they want you to do, they're sticking with 4K. They're sticking with HDR. They're adding the ray tracing. Mm-hmm. They're adding in all these the SSD drives. They're probably going to add in more storage space. You know, all that good stuff. They're probably going to mm-hmm. make the hubs a little bit better. As I talked about on top of it, they're going to make your controller do the cool switch vibrations instead of, you know, just standard mm-hmm. boring old rumble. They're going to make it so the buttons can be changed about where it's more pressure. So if you're shooting a gun or pulling a bow back, that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. All very neat but all very side, all very small. And I feel like here's the problem. Here's where I get upset. Mm. I'm going to buy it, obviously. Yeah. Because for me, this ultimate jump from PS4 regular all the way to this one is pretty big. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm going to get my bang for my buck. But for those who bought like a PS4 Pro, they're going to get some tertiary stuff. And then on top of that, guess what? Tech's already moving to 8K. Mm Mm-hmm. So by the time you get acquainted with your PS4 or 5 and then your Xbox Scarlet, about a year, maybe two in, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to be like, oh, 8K is the, the new thing. If you don't have 8K, you're not living the life. And then they're going to go, mm-hmm. hey, PS5 Super Pro. And it's going to have 8K instead of 4K HDR. And it's like... I feel like this mid-jump thing is starting to get a foothold, and I feel like it's going to become a trend while we still do like just consoles. And yeah. I don't, I don't like that. I, I feel like each console, when it comes out, should be this is the package for the time. Here you mm-hmm. go. This is it. This is the top of the top, best of the best. 8K already exists. It's already out there. It's but it's just for super rich people. Right, but it exists. So I don't like the fact that they're like, "Hey, I'm, we're bringing in this tech that we know in two years is going to be replaced with the next big thing, which is going to be 8K, whatever else adds on to it." And then you're mm-hmm. going to be stuck having to upgrade. Now I I agree with what you're saying because I don't like it either. I like buying a console every five to seven years and it being the next big jump. And I'm good with that. I'm good with touching it. I'm good. You know, you can make the Make the console smaller, make them sleeker, limited editions, but I don't like the incremental upgrade stuff. But you got to remember that is the world we live in now. When you have someone like, I'm not going to name names, okay, I will, Howard, who will buy an iPhone 10 for $1,000, and then like two years later will go, well, maybe I should get that iPhone 11. But when, you ha- when you have, I mean, that's the technology cycle now, is, is you buy the latest, hottest thing for a big, giant money, you hang on to it for two years, and then you replace it with the next biggest, hottest thing. Because, I mean, consoles will never stay ahead of technology, so you can't really... If you want the best stuff, you have to do incremental stuff, as much as I don't like it. But I think people, especially obviously in the cell phone market, are so ingrained in that, especially if you want to be on, if you be on top, if you want to have the latest thing, that's just what you're going to do. I'm not going to do it because I'm an old man, and you're not going to do it because you're an old man, and we're both poor old men. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's ever not going to 
keep going in this fashion. Like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like yeah, I feel like the president's been set. I think that's where yeah. it's going. So what it all leads me to here in this little portion of it is that some people, including myself, I'm I'm excited to the mm-hmm. level of that, hey, you know, it's the new system, it's gonna have some cool new stuff. I do like the fact that it's upgrading its controller and it's gonna give us SSD drives, which is gonna make you loading into games like that much faster. They did that whole Spider Man mm-hmm. demo of what they're trying to tell you what they're gonna be doing. Where they showed you like the load in on the standard PS4, and then they mm-hmm. showed you on what their PS5 tech's gonna be, what your load in screens are gonna look like, and it's literally like mm-hmm. boop, a second and you're loaded in and playing. That's awesome. It is awesome, and I, I appreciate the fact that we're not gonna do the big graphics jump myself personally, because mm-hmm. I feel like graphics where they are are almost as good as it gets. Yeah. I think by adding side things like the better lighting, and, and yeah, we you smile because we said that yeah. back in the Nintendo days to the Super Nintendo uh-huh. days, and of course <laughs> it's going to get better. Now, I would ask this, I don't really want to go on a tangent about it, but I do want to say, when I say that, I kind of don't mean like they won't get better, like they're incapable of getting better. I, I would say right. it in the respect that if they get too much better or farther along, it's going to almost be like playing real life. And I don't know if I'm down with that. I kind of want my games to stay games, to look like yeah. games. And we're getting to that point yeah. where the graphics are so crisp and beautiful that that's as far as it goes before I'm going to start going, I, it looks like I'm looking through a window at something. And that's going to kind of be weird. I agree. I don't really want to go on a tangent about it, but I know what you're saying. Yes. Maybe we'll bring that back around and, and another, sometime soon. Yes. It, because I, I feel like it would be, I don't know, I feel like it would be unnerving if things looked too right. As a gamer who's been looking at graphics on screens for basically my entire life. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you'd have to do a lot of other stuff. Like, I really want to get into the, a little bit on the controller. So we'll get yeah, back to that in a yep. second. But like, you know, control-wise control, control wise and like HUD display, I think you'd have to have a combination of all three of those. Where if it's, you know, the graphics are amazing and look lifelike, the HUD is really minimalist, like say something like a dead space where it's on its back, you uh-huh. don't see like text around your screen. And then, like you were talking about the controller, I really like I really like what they're doing with it because it makes things, it sounds like at least, it's going to make things a lot more immersive and interactive like if you're pulling back a bow the trigger itself gets harder to pull for you the gamer and maybe i don't know it'd be ever be hard to hold open but you know like when you got a bow at full at, at full tilt whatever whatever you call it full stretch full I don't draw know. Mm-hmm. yeah full draw it's hard to hold that for a long time so if you feel that as the player to feel what your character's doing i think once they meld all three of those together it's gonna be crazy but i like I like where they're going with that controller because that sounds like just tons of really cool options for just immersive control as a player. I just want to say that before we before we and, scoot and, off and, 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 and shoot off, off into the Wonderland. Where, yeah, because yeah, you were kind of like, ah, the controller sounds cool. I think it sounds freaking awesome. <laughs> I'm just Hopefully worried. it's implemented well, though. I'm just I'm worried saying. it's going to still feel basically like a Rumble controller. Because mm-hmm. I own a Switch and it's got all that cool fancy doodad Switch controllers, but yeah. I think Mario is the only game I've played that's actually used its function in a, in a different way than just as a basic rumble. Every other game I've played on my Switch just, just rumbles, just like any other game. But it makes Mario feel that much more... It does. I, I wouldn't say... It, it makes it feel that much more special when you play a game that's like that. Mm-hmm. Especially when you jump to... like you know I played Bayonetta and stuff on there, and it's it rumbles, 
But when you're on Mario and you feel it like it's pulsing, plopping, pulsing, doing all sorts yeah. of different things, it's amazing. The potential mm-hmm. for it is awesome. I'm just worried that no one's going to pick it up, just as they haven't done for the Switch. And it's just going to be like, okay, yeah, we could use this, but how about we just make it rumble and focus more on our gameplay, da 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 so on and so forth. So I'm like, yay, hey, I, I, I see where it could be amazing, but I just doubt, because up till now, most developers are not utilizing these extra functions and and doing things with them. I mean, that's fair, but it, like I said, it's going to make the, the people who do get into that super immersive game space. I want to see Hideo Kojima make a really crazy Super Controls game. Yeah, he Because you know he will. Oh, yeah. And stuff like that, first-party games, where obviously anything officially Sony-released and Sony-related, it's going to do all kinds of stuff with that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's... I, I agree. I don't think, like, Ubisoft is going to make the best rumbly thing, but... When Sony comes out with something cool for it, or you know these auteur developers do, it's going to make it that much more special. Ah, uh, I agree. I agree. Now, here's the thing: if have you heard anything? Because I haven't. On Scarlet's controller, are they going to be doing anything think, with theirs? I don't think or? I've heard. I haven't heard anything. I don't think I've heard a single thing. Okay, so we don't really know what their controller is looking like yet. They have talked a little bit about their hardware, what they're doing, you know, where they're going with everything. But their their focus has kind of been on like the gamer making games available making you be able to play anywhere do it you know you play your Mm. xbox games on your tablet play your xbox games on your xbox play your xbox games on your pc i like that message i like Mm. the you're going to be able to play our games wherever you want to play our games playstation Mm. so far has been you know it's still going to be hey we're the playstation community we're going to make games here and you're going to play your games here and that's what we're up to where i will I was, was going to say, I will say on that, I really like that message and that idea because even PS4 does it a little bit. You can stream games to your Vita, and I've done it a few times, and it just, it, I mean, it doesn't really matter to me because I'm a single guy alone in my house, but if somebody else wanted the TV, it's super cool to play your PS4 games boop on your little handheld. So if I had a tablet that could do it or a phone that could do it, I would absolutely be all for you know playing my Xbox games on that especially if I lived, you know, in a crowded house or, you know, oh, I'm making dinner, but I still want to kind of tap through my game, like, you know, playing a dialogue-heavy game or something. Just sit there with my tablet and, yeah, I'm playing Witcher 4, mm-hmm. but I, while I'm doing this, not in the same room, and then, whoop, oh, coming right back, bloop, disconnect, and now it's popped up on the TV again. I mean, my experience with it is so cool that I really like that Xbox w- does and will do it's that. It's going to do something similar. Yeah, I mean, I don't have an Xbox because they they do it now, don't they? With like the double screen thing, even uh, with uh, Xbox One, I thought. I know I can play on the PC with any Xbox game, basically. So I guess sort of, okay. but I don't know if you. I, well, can... I thought I thought they had at least started it, maybe because they had like a whole second screen push thing for a while there. I don't, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's fully know. featured or not. Mm-hmm. But but for my limited experience, it's fun and it's cool to do. So, so I, I see the value in it. Is what I'm saying. And here's here's the shtick. This is what everyone knows and everyone's heard a million times. Is Xbox is pushing for this future where you can play their stuff anywhere. I really dig it. I really like what they're talking about. I like the direction they're going. The problem I have with these two particular consoles is that as much as I like what Xbox has been telling me about where you're going to be able to play, how you're going to be able to play, and of course they've been toting all sorts of really cool loading times because, like I said, both systems are 
pushing for the tertiary stuff instead of the graphic po- graphic power, all that gosh darn you know mm-hmm. usual typical crap. Is still, I haven't heard much about what Xbox is going to do game wise, and I feel like it's coming down to the exact same thing it came down to the last console war was. Who's going to have the games? Who's got the third-party developers on their side? Who's pushing what? And so far, it looks like PlayStation is still pushing all the big dogs, those first parties they've got. They've got Atlas in their belt, under their belt, you know. And, and I look over to Xbox, and I'm like, I still don't see the big ones I need to see. And, you know, they, they tout Gears of War, Halo, but that's, you know, that's always been what they've had. Well, see, I think the way you phrased it is exactly the, not the problem, but the issue here is you don't see the things that you need to see. There's a ton of people who play on Xbox who like, I wouldn't say like the casual stuff, but you know, the sports games, the Halos, the Gears of War, they like what Xbox brings to them. And then they get all the third party games anyway. The, the big ones like Ubisoft, EA games. So it's all there, but if you're a, if you're more like a hardcore gaming connoisseur like you and me and you love your, your Yakuza games and your Personas and stuff, yeah, that won't ever be there. Well, and your but, God of War, your Spider-Man, you know? It, uh, Spider-Man, Jeez, okay. oh, Pete, man. I'm going to start with you. <laughs> slap your boy. <laughs> it's that but, type I mean, of stuff. I, I, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. I, I agree PlayStation is more for me because it has the... It has the direct line to Japan for all the weird and, stuff. Yeah, the weird like. RPGs, etc. Well, and I kind of come back over and over to this, and it bugs me because I used to love my Xbox. I had the Xbox, mm-hmm. the original Xbox. I had the Xbox 360. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I played the hell out of those systems. Yeah. But when it came down to it, I had to go. Well, where, where, am I, where? Like you said, where are the games that I need to have? And it's on mm-hmm. PlayStation. And I just wish somebody over at xbox would pay the money do whatever needs to be done to get that 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 area covered on their system and i don't um, understand why through several iterations now of the xbox they still haven't reached into the rpg room and grabbed a whole bunch of things and brought it over you know they they've done it a couple but not a whole bunch and i'm like which which is what really surprises me because on xbox 360's launch well, in their launch window, they had Enchanted Arms, which is a JRPG. They had Blue Dragon. They had Lost Odyssey. They had Magna Carta. All those were, you know, Japanese or I think Magna Carta was just Korean artists. But those were all JRPGs. And I don't know, maybe they just weren't successful. But in that 360 era, I have a lot of them. They had a decent amount. So it, it kind of does depress me that, well, at least as far as I know, maybe there are some out there. I don't know. As far as I know, they're not. I was gonna say, as far as not, I'm aware, no, up. I haven't seen them. Like, like Xbox One, there were like three or four. Three sixty, you jumped up to five to ten. Like, I would want this to be like, yeah. hey, now it's the next step. Because mm-hmm. you look at PlayStation Four and you start digging through RPGs, you're gonna find mm-hmm. just a kajillion of them. And are they some yeah, of them many. terrible? Sure. But there's a kajillion of them. There's all sorts of crazy Japanese RPGs to get your hands on, American RPGs. They're there, Mm -hmm. and they're easily accessible via Amazon or wherever you want to buy your games from. That's what I want. And I'm not saying I would switch over to Xbox, but I I used to find, I used to find, mind you, the Xbox controller more comfortable. 
Mm-hmm. I thought the layout of the Xbox was nicer. I felt felt more vibrant and alive and friendly to me than PS4's current like kind of just weird setup. It works, but it's just kind of like seems almost depressing to me whenever I load in my PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do agree with you on that. I like the just even the analog stick move uh, going up on the Xbox, which your that's your primary thing. Is your that's what that quadrant is for, versus you're down here on the PS4, and occasionally you reach up and tap something on this forgotten D-pad that takes up this giant wheel of space. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, it, it was just crazy old men, but like I like the the shape and the feel of the Xbox controller, and the, like you said, the, even just the look of it. Mm-hmm. It looks lively. It looks. I mean, my PS4 Hyperion controller looks pretty lively. But yeah, that's true. The, the default one, yeah. Yeah. So. It's just small things like that. Like, I would love to be an Xbox connoisseur, but I just Mm -hmm. feel like even going into this next generation so far, PlayStation's still holding the same cards they held last time. And I'm like, Xbox, why didn't you, like, steal some of those cards? Mm -hmm. So that way I I would be enticed to come over to your house and play with you. (laughs) So I was just thinking, just looking at my system. My PS4 is a, a weird black pointy parallelogram. Anytime I see an Xbox, it's like smooth and, I mean, sure, it's shiny black still, but mm-hmm. it, it looks it looks friendly and inviting. Yeah, right. Know. It's I, just I, weird. I just had to mention it because I just looked over and I saw it and I went, ugh. It looks like some strange little alien dark architect, like piece yeah. of architecture, you know, just waiting to open up and destroy you. <laughs> it should like hang upside down in that film Arrival and just, we're the weird aliens. Reminds exactly. me of like something in control. God. <laughs> There you go. So that's kind of the shtick I wanted to go on with those two consoles was just I feel mm-hmm. like we're heading into the same war we had last time and Xbox lost mm-hmm. that one. And I don't want them to lose even though I intend to stick with PlayStation. So I'm, I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, why am I rooting for the other guy even though I'm already kind of set on just walking down the road of PlayStation once again? I don't know. Well, it's weird. It, it's always nice to see good competition and to see companies like – I want to say rise and fall, but that's you don't want to see a company no, fall. No, you don't want to see them fall. But you want to see them trade in the top spot yeah, tra- with cool ideas. Yeah, there that, you go. Yeah, trade in the top spot. I kind of want to see it, and they did it back in the day. the The Xbox mm-hmm. 360 whomped on the PlayStation 3, and then they mm-hmm. you know came back and beat them with this one. And I'm like, well, I was kind of hoping Xbox would pull ahead a little bit for the next one. And it yeah. feels like that's what they're trying to do because with the Game Pass and everything else, they're really making good with their people. You're getting great value over there, whereas PlayStation's really cut back on giving you stuff. Mm -hmm. They ramped up just recently with a couple really hot titles, but I think that's just in response to the fact that Game Pass is really just tearing it up. And they're over here Mm -hmm. going, here's your one game, and then sometimes it was something really bad, and then here's two, okay, is this better now? And it's like, eh, whatever. (laughs) So I feel like, at the moment, PlayStation's still winning. I'm hoping we can see more soon, like at some of these big events, that mm-hmm. and see something different. Or even if it is from PlayStation, I'll still be excited because that's what I'm probably going to end up being with at the end of the day. Yeah. And then last, before we end the conversation, is Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Nintendo, of course, had the Wii U come out with this generation to you know compete with. Uh, well, they're not compete with because Nintendo doesn't compete with anybody really. But right, their their console was the Wii U for. The Xbox One, yeah, I know. Don't think so, right? That seems it's wrong. crazy. That it seems was so. It came out with to compete with them at the same time. It completely and utterly failed. So what was it? 
three to five years in, I think it was five years in, they finally called it, released the Switch, which has been a mm-hmm. huge success. But obviously, yeah. you know, graphic-wise, anything-wise, it doesn't compete with the new consoles. Right. But, of course, it has all your favorite Nintendo games. It does have much better support than any of its other systems have had since way mm-hmm. back in the probably N64 days or maybe Wii days. I don't know. We had a lot of support, but it was garbage games, so I don't really count them. <laughs> I was going to say, you take it back to the Super Nintendo days. Because N64 oh, that didn't was... have third-party support Yeah, either. that's true. N64 really screwed the pooch. That's where it all started. So mm. you'd have to go back to Super Nintendo. But anywho, they've got much better support than they used to have. The mm. system is amazing. The handheld thing, the controllers, mm-hmm. all that. Great idea. Fantastic. It's a console-slash-handheld hybrid. I think mm-hmm. it works. I think it's great. Yeah. However, it's had its heyday, you know. It's already had its two years to really shine. Next year, what's going to be the push? How are, how is Nintendo going to sell more Nintendo Switches? Do you think they're going to try for anything like a Switch Pro? Or do you think they're just going to re-release uh, the Switch at a lower price? So that way when parents go to the store and they're looking at these consoles, they're going to see the $7, $800 PS5, $7, $800 Xbox Scarlet, and then a $199 with a game Switch sitting there and they're gonna go billy's getting a switch that's that's yeah 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 yeah. that's great Boop. <laughs> well you put it that way i don't think they even need a price drop just 300 with a game mm-hmm. and that's it i mean but i i mean it's weird and it's hard to hard to say and hard to think about you gotta put yourself in like the nintendo mindset because they never do what you think they're gonna do and they already have the one big advantage they have is you can take the switch with you anywhere you can literally play it anywhere I mean, you can talk about, you know, remote play, like I talked about with PS4. You can talk about playing your Xbox games on a tablet, but that's still, I mean, I'm assuming that's still internet-based. You can literally take your Switch, go in a dark dungeon where there's no internet on the moon, and play your Switch. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not just a, just a console that plugs into the TV and that's it. You don't have to compete with that. You don't have to do a Switch Pro. You already have... You have it right there. As long as your games are at least mostly, you know, the ports are mostly the whole game, the whole experience, I don't think you need to go and say, well, it's got to look the same. It doesn't have to look the same because you can play it in handheld mode on a train. You can play it at work. You can. It's already got the, the one unique thing that sets it apart. So I don't think we'll, I mean, maybe we will see a Switch Pro, but I don't think it would be, it would be that, like, next leap up. Maybe it's a Switch with more onboard memory or something. So you can literally take even, you know, downloaded games on the go wherever you want. Uh-huh. I don't think they need to do a, a power jump, a graphics jump. They just need maybe, like I said, like a features jump, like more onboard storage. I don't, I don't know. Something, something I can't some even remember. Form. Some kind of like balance board attachment. I don't know. Some, some kind of weird Nintendo thing, like a heart rate monitor. I don't know what it is. Well, Something Nintendo-y. <laughs> no, when, it's not which, when I see it, I'll say, that's dumb. <laughs> and then when I touch it, I'll go, it's great. Yeah, it's true. That is true. I used to suspect that we were for sure going to see a Nintendo Switch Pro. I thought it was mm-hmm. inevitable. I think there was some kind of leaks or rumors talking about it as well. But as yeah. we go on, I agree. I don't think they're going to. I'm starting to suspect that they're bringing the Switch into the handheld world. That yeah. they're going to just 
be the handheld. Yeah, you can put it in your little port and play it on your TV. It's fantastic, hence the Switch. Mm -hmm. However, I think their focus is on handheld. Now, what you said about bringing ports over that they aren't going to be quite as good like they've been doing, but are still functional and great because you can play them on the go, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. However, that's doomed. Once the PlayStation 5 hits and the new Xbox hits, that Switch ain't playing no games that come out for that system. No ways, no how, not even, re- like, you'd have to dumb it down so much that it's redonkulous. So I suspect that they're going to keep doing this for a while, but if Nintendo doesn't figure out a way to convince third parties to develop new titles for them, for the Switch, they're not going to have third party support come the end of next year. And that's what, that's the only thing that troubles me. I love the Switch. And I think them going into the handheld market, where they've always dominated and never had competition because nobody's ever even touched a flame to what they can do, they're going to mm. win. They're always going to have bajillions of dollars. But it's the same stupid, and this is the whole topic of tonight, they're in the same stupid boat that they've been in forever, I think. We're going to go into the next generation. Developers aren't going to be able to lazily just kind of pour it over a dumbed-down version of whatever game they've built for the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. And they're going to go, nah, it's not worth the time. And so they're going to keep developing for the two big dogs. And then they're going to just go, yeah, you know, maybe we'll work out a deal. Hey, Carnival 7 for the Switch. Yeah, there you go. We put Timmy and Tommy and Telly, the interns, on this game. They're building this as to see what their chops are, you know. And then you get some garbage titles. Like, like you you know what I'm talking about. The Wii had a billion third-party trash games all over the place for it. Well, here you go, though. If you're not getting those top tier AAA games on the Switch for Xbox Five and whatever PlayStation Five and Xbox Scarlet, what you're gonna get is all the indie stuff. You're and gonna get the handheld type stuff. That's the savior, which is, which is the savior and always has been, and I think it will continue to be because, I mean, all the indie devs I follow on Twitter, they all release stuff for the Switch. Everybody loves the Switch, mm-hmm. and it's a huge market because, again. I'm not going to want to play Red Dead Redemption on a train. I'm not going to play Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, okay, well, yay, I made it across the map. I'm a train ride, but that's about it. Okay, let me save. What I'm going to play is Castle Crashers. I'm going to play River City any Girls, kind of indie game. You know, I'm going to play Baba Is You. Get a couple Darkest levels Dungeon. in and switch it off right there. So I think, I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying, that you're not going to get that the big dog market, but you're going to get that mid-tier to indie level market like i mean any kind of visual novel or you know static 2d game you could put that on the switch that's not well i don't know the text and the specs but you know what i'm saying Uh you can play all that really good stuff maybe just not the top tier stuff so i don't see it being a problem because you can you can still do the things the switch can do that only the switch can do and that there's not it'll work itself out problem my my only issue is is I don't understand why the third parties haven't started developing original titles for the Switch. The Switch has proven to be successful. Games have been proven to sell in mass quantities for the Switch. So I don't understand why. Because a lot of these developers, publishers have multiple teams. So it seems like at this point, a couple of them would have been like, you know what, let's actually put together a unique title and cater it to the Switch, not to the, one of the big jobs. And then keep your big titles, you know, for obviously the next generation. Because I don't want to play 
you know, the next big thing, the next uh, Star Wars title on my Switch. I want to play it mm-hmm. on my PlayStation 5 or wherever it's going to be because its graphics are going to be phenomenal, because it's going to run smooth as butter and just be gorgeous overall. So, no, I don't want that on my Switch, but I do want to feel secure knowing that all the big developers do support the Switch and know that there will always be great games and titles coming for the Switch. Even though, well, well, here, well, here's the answer that I've given to you. I've previous oh, IT2Gs, I'm pretty sure. If you're a big old company developer and you're like, man, what consoles are we going to develop for? Are we going to develop these, these really big games that you can put on, that you can port to PS4, Xbox One, PC. and PC? That's three avenues of distribution. Or are you going to make a specific Switch team, which is one? And you can't really. No, it's two. It's, you can go PC. PC can have anything. And that's not even true. You can go PS5 no, well, well, with well, it or did, Xbox but, with it. It just doesn't have the most up-to-date, high-speed, crazy graphics. But all these little tertiary little side two, wait, you know, 2D hey, games. Hey, if you, if, you want, if you want a mega awesome Switch game that's going to have your HD rumble, that's going to have your motion controls, you can't do that. You can't do that on this. Look oh, at this. That's how, tr- am I, how am I going to motion control this thing? I'm throwing right. it at a wall? Jeez. But that comes back to an earlier argument. Nobody uses <laughs> those functions. So I don't even think about them anymore. Nobody uses uh. them. Nobody. But so when you like, use them, it's like, wow, yeah, this is cool. If they did, yes, it'd be awesome. But they don't, and that just proves the point. I don't even think about it because nobody uses any of the cool functionality that those controllers have to offer. So it's like, so why bother? That's why I laughed, and off air, I t- went up to Matt and was like, yeah, look at the next PS5's controller. The mud's going to be like mud, and the sand's going to be like sand because I'm like, nobody's going to use it. Um, they're just going to make it rumble. And then most people are going to turn that off anyway because a lot of people hate it when rumble stuff happens in their little hands. So I'm like... That's true. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think little Billy's going to want to pull his bow all the way back on Tomb Raider. He's going to turn the resistance off. Yeah. So it's just plink, just plink, 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 no shoot at max speed because that's the what you know super fast Twitch gamers want to do. They just want to go... And kill people, not... Oh, it feels realistic and cool. No, they just want to kill the player and go teabag them and... Everybody laughs and keep playing. But you know when Kojima, Hideo Kojima makes a, a, a game where you play as a mud man and you feel yourself sloshing through Slosh. the world via that controller, it'll all be worth it. It'll all be worth it. All be worth it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we've then decided, I guess, that the Switch is going to stay the Switch. It's going to start competing on its own world, basically mm. in the handheld market, which is only them and always has been. Yeah. And then it's going to be Xbox, PlayStation going up against one another. And I don't. You didn't say officially where you're going, but so far, PlayStation Five is still holding its ground for me, and Xbox yeah, is the I one mean, I wish would pull ahead, but it's not gonna probably. I mean, I could, I would get an Xbox if they said, "Hey, we got Atlas, or we got Sega, and all their games are coming here." Mm-hmm. But I mean, as soon as the next Yakuza game is announced for PS Five, you know, whichever. Not the next one, but you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. As soon as Yakuza gets announced for PS5, I have to get it. As soon as Persona is announced for PS5, I got to get it. As soon as any Spike Chunsoft game comes to PS5, I got to get it. Well, what, you, what say you, if what if Atlas was coming to them, but also staying with PlayStation at this current moment? So say everything but actual first parties like the God of War, the Spider Mans, the Horizons. Mm. You could get all the third party developers' games. On either console, would you go Xbox right at the moment, or would you stick with PlayStation? 
I mean, it would I mean, it would really depend on what else there. Are you talking about like right now? If it was yeah, like say, on Xbox, say one? it was announced today, Xbox, mm. the new Xbox, well, the new Xbox will have every third party developer supporting it, just like the PlayStation Five. Period. Your only difference is going to be the first party support. Hmm. I mean, it, it would come down to the fact that we, w- what we've talked about before of, well, all my friends play on PlayStation, so. Mm-hmm. I kind of have to at that point, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm sick of playing with my friends. I don't ever want to play with them again, and you know. And then you so go branch off. To, it's, so it's really up to you, Eric. If if you stay entertaining as a person to play games with and stream games with, <laughs> then I'll stay with PlayStation. <laughs> if I get sick of you, though, oh, oops, I bought an Xbox, guys. I Shucks, think we're already there, right? But they must have got my order screwed How up at Amazon. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> <Borderlands. laughs> <laughs> nah, bro, no. Nah, what are you talking about? <laughs> nope. <laughs> So okay, well, in that case, you're gonna you're gonna ride the fence still. I would be tempted to go back yeah. to Xbox because I used to love Halo. Used to love, mm. love, love Halo. However, lately I've been hearing like it's only okay, it's not great, and it was the same for Gears. I used to love Gears, but lately, mm-hmm. except for the new one, I hear it's pretty darn good. You know, it was a wishy washy. And that's what's killing me is because that was advertised everywhere. Everything I watched on TV, every. Online online video I watched had ads for Gears, and people said Gears Five was awesome. So earlier this year, I was like, "Man, I got spare cash. I can afford." I, we always say we're poor, Ben. I could afford to go get it right now. I just shouldn't. But I kept looking at those ads and going, "Man, I want to play Gears again," uh-huh. and I almost did it. So I would definitely be willing to do it because I do love that franchise, and I'm sure they have other unique experiences on Xbox that I just don't really know about because yeah. I don't follow Xbox. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure they have, oh, hey, when The Last night ever comes out, I have to get an Xbox. Oh, That's yeah. still... There you man. go. So, I mean, I'm sure there's enough compelling stuff, I just don't know it. So I'd, I'd definitely be willing to. Previous, and I'll say this to close it, previous to Horizon and the newest God mm-hmm. of War, in a heartbeat, I, if, I, if Xbox had all the third-party support that PlayStation has, I would jump oh. back over. In a heartbeat. However, mm-hmm. I've come to love Horizon and God of War now. And so... Well, see, I'd, I'd be willing to switch just to get away from God of War. So I can hear people just stop talking about Oh my about god, that, it's right? the best game yeah, that was made by... Oh, my man likes to punch things. It was the best game that was made by human beings. Best game in the world. And then, of course, Resident Evil remake. Fantastic. And then I... And... I will say this. I won't say it because it's not personal for me. But everybody, you know, Last of Us. Everybody just claims to be the best in the world. But I mm, thought it was kind yeah. of a annoying game more than great. But right. So I don't know. I even downloaded the because it's free. So I downloaded it again, and I'm like, yeah, maybe yeah. I should give it another shot. And then I've been looking at it, so I might, I might try again. <laughs> but last time I got about three fourths of the way through, and I just had no interest to finish it. And I went, eh, whatever. Yeah. I got a few hours in and did the same thing. Yeah. I went, oh, okay. I mean, plus it had already ended and had already been spoiled for me because mm-hmm. it was like five years on from that. Same. But I'm man. like, okay, well, you run around and you kill people and people kill you and yeah, throwing the stupid rocks, trying to blah, 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 and and I don't like post-apocalyptic zombie type stuff anyway. You know, mm-hmm. so I was just like, eh, eh, not for me. Exactly. But that's another day, another time. Yeah. So there you go, folks. <laughs> we thought we'd just get in there, have our own little spick. Right on the uh, money about the next console war since PlayStation mm-hmm. put out a little bit. You know, Switch has been chugging along. Xbox has been just doing all sorts of crazy stuff lately. 
We're going to probably be dead wrong. I'm sure there's going to be all sorts of stuff that's going to sway us in all <laughs> sorts of directions. Happens. Yeah, We're always right. Exactly. But it's always fun because since we record this, we can come back later and go, oh, that was all dumb and wrong. That's great. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It's all fun. It's all speculation. That's what we're supposed to do. What do y'all think, huh? Huh? What do y'all think? I definitely do want to know what y'all think. And y'all can tell us what y'all's thinking in the wrap-up. Imposters wrap-up. Don't hate me because I, I got a southern draw. I lived so what do y'all think? Is y'all, is y'all thinking about <laughs> y'all that think PS5 about that? and that Xbox Scarlet? You got yourself a Switch? You get just just the, the what is it, the Switch light? You the get one of them? Oh, man, I don't even know what that thing is called. It's got a nice little oh. graphics, though. I bet it does. <laughs> oh, gracious. But if you guys do have some thoughts on it, we would love it if you shared it with us. Also, if you've got any questions, comments, concerns, any kind of feedback whatsoever, you can send that to us via email at info at thirdshift.me, tweet it at us at thirdshiftme, or find us on Facebook under Third Shift. You can indeed find us over there. You can also find us out on Patreon. If you like what we're doing, like what you hear, please consider heading over there and throwing a buck in, two bucks in, five bucks in, a thousand bucks in, or maybe even the coveted one million dollars, in which case we'll open up a food line. We'll have an aisle dedicated to babies in jars. We'll have an aisle dedicated oh, yeah. to the soon-to-be pet gold cocks and we'll have a mascot running around doing crazy things all the time cameras set up crazy employees reality tv show you name it well we're gonna have fun it's gonna be the best store in the world so just give us that million bucks and we'll make it happen if you don't have a million bucks to make it happen and you don't have a dollar to throw our way we understand you gotta buy diapers and cigarettes we get it You expect You're that an one. old man. You got to buy yourself <laughs> diapers and cigarettes. That's right. Hey, yeah, that's what you do, right? So, you can support us on so many other things, like going on over to the Twitch, following us, subscribing to us, getting the Twitch, the Amazon Prime memberships, all that good stuff. That'll help out. Or you can go give us mailbag questions, leave us awesome comments, five star ratings, any of those things. Keep us motivated. Help us out, so we can provide you with a beautiful, beautiful show. And speaking of shows, our very next show will drop on the 29th of October because this podcast comes to you every two weeks on a Tuesday. And you can find that show on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, review, comment, and subscription. Any kind of good thing on any one of them good services because it does help us out. And really do appreciate it. We really do appreciate it. And let me tell you, we also appreciate them five stars. You know, I've been telling everybody, I said, you get on over there and give them five stars. You give us five stars, maybe I got a little five-star story. I don't even know if they, you know, I ever told a five-star story over here. I don't even remember. been so dang long. But I'll tell you well, what. Pappy down in the swamps of Louisiana won't he yeah, tell them five-star story. Let me tell you about it. You don't want to tell me about that story. I'll tell you what. But if you don't, I ain't going to tell no story. But I'll tell you this right now. Next time you hear us, it's going to be that spooky time with them ghosts and goblins. You know, maybe we'll have a little spooky times here on the show. I don't know. <laughs> but with that said, I think that's all we got to say today. Yep, that's it, except for... Yeah, don't forget don't to save. Don't forget to save. Banjo music. <laughs>